Hi, and welcome to the Birth and Rebirth podcast. I'm Tiffany Caligari. And I'm Kirsten Clark. We are born-again birth workers who share the birth stories of Christian women, highlighting God's perfect design. And their testimonies of finding Jesus. Here, we will chat about many topics pertaining to birth, spirituality, and everything in between. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited for this episode because Haley is going to share her incredible testimony and her journey through loss and how she came out on the other side with the Lord walking alongside her the whole time. And it's just so powerful. And I'm so grateful to have you on here today, Haley. Thank you. Thank you. So whenever you are ready, you can just start from the beginning. Okay. Um, so um, I started, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I was raised as a Christian my whole life, but never really went to church. So I didn't have a relationship with God. I just hoped that he was real. Um, and then I, um, so that was just kind of how my life was for a long time. I didn't, I didn't have any real faith in him at all. Um, and then in 2020, I had my first son. Um, he was an unmedicated hospital birth. Um, and then whenever that happened, I became a stay-at-home mom. Um, me and my boyfriend, when we were sharing 50-50, we both took on two separate jobs, the whole job. So put a lot of strain on the relationship. And um, my son did not sleep very well. He was severely mouth tied. Um, and working through breastfeeding was really hard. Um, so through those two struggles, I really was like, well, I just need to give the Lord um, a try. And my dad and my boyfriend both got invited by several people to go to the same church. So we went and we started going pretty regularly. Um, and then in February, 2021, we found out we were pregnant and Less than a week later, I um, found out that it was an ectopic pregnancy. So that was during COVID. I was alone in the hospital. Um, oh, no. I ended up having to have, yeah, that, it was really hard. Nobody was allowed to wait with me. Um, my boyfriend ended up being able to come up once right before the surgery happened. Um, but that was it. Luckily, they, they allowed him to stay with me overnight. They put me in labor and delivery, um, which was kind of weird, too, because I had just had a miscarriage, and now I'm going up to labor and delivery. Yeah. An emergency surgery, uh, my first ever surgery. Oh, um, goodness. But we actually ended up being in the same room that I gave birth to my son in, so <laughs> that was kind of cool. Um, wow. And, uh, so, uh, that really pushed me to the Lord because I had no idea what to do. It was my first loss. I was like absolutely heartbroken. Um, 
and grieved that baby really hard, even though I only knew I was pregnant for about a week. Um, I just really, really needed the Lord. And so I went to him and my relationship just kept growing. And um, um, my relationship with my partner was still kind of rough. And um, so I, that was another reason, another big part of my testimony to why I went to the Lord. And then, um, so we started going to church very regularly after that. And then in August, so that was February, in August of 2021, we found out we were pregnant again. And um, that ended up being my daughter. Um, so again, just like a, not really a strong relationship with the Lord, just like learning, you know, mm. starting out. Um, and then... I was planning a home birth, my first home birth with a midwife, um, and everything was going great. And then we went for a 3D ultrasound um, that that a lady that did my son, she did her, uh, my daughter's as well. And she ended up telling, not me at the time, because she's not allowed to mention stuff, but contacted my midwife, and she ended up finding... Um, a intestinal blockage in my daughter. Um, so I started having to see an MFN because of that. Um, they mm -hmm. weren't really sure what it was. They can't tell on ultrasound. Um, so it was either mm, like a part that was kind of stuck together or just something blocking when she had gave, when I gave birth, it could have cleared. They weren't really sure. Um, but she was still growing perfectly fine. Everything else was still normal. They said it was a pretty common easy surgery for them to do and that she would be out of the NICU within two to four weeks um, as long as she was eating fine. So um, I was preparing for that, which is very scary to be preparing for my daughter to have surgery as soon as she comes out. And yeah, pretty I much being whisked away, um, not being to breastfeed right away. And that was really hard because my son was so difficult and I finally understood what was going on. So I was like, oh, I can get this fixed immediately and our breastfeeding journey will be so much easier. But now knowing she wouldn't be able to breastfeed for two to four weeks was pretty difficult. So all of that led me to really gain a relationship with the Lord. And I was just like a very scared mom that didn't know what was going to happen to her child. Um, so that really got me closer to the Lord. And what I really used a lot, and I still do, I've always had a good connection to music. So playing worship music and just singing along in the car on all, to and from her appointments, like it sounds kind of crazy, but it really grew my relationship with the Lord because I oh, felt absolutely. like I was singing those words and like he was saying them back, you know? Yeah, no, that's an incredible way. I love connecting with the Lord in that way. And so it doesn't sound crazy to me at all. I totally it, relate. It's the way that I tell people, like, if you're just starting out, just start listening to worship music. Because it, if you don't know how to pray, you don't know how to talk to the Lord, they're kind of doing that for you. Put yourself in the situations of what they're saying. Like, yeah. to make it about how your life has been going and that is 
my favorite way to talk to the Lord, honestly, is through worship music. Oh, I love that. I love that. So um, after that had happened, our relationship got a lot closer and I, um, I publicly went to the front and the altar call and gave my life to the Lord um, while I was pregnant with her. And then um, I had been having multiple ultrasounds and I was going, I was up to two appointments every week. Um, I had now switched over, was going to have a hospital birth and had an MFN doctor. Um, at 33 weeks exactly, I had an appointment and everything was great. My heart rate was fine. Everything was perfect. Um, and then um, the very next day I had reduced movement, but I had an anterior placenta. So sometimes I didn't feel her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know, I, I think I kind of knew, but I was just saying, no, this couldn't happen. So I went shopping for some things for her and, um, I got home and I used my Doppler and I got her heart rate a few times but it wasn't as easy to get as usual, but I felt her move a couple of times. So I was like, I, it, it must just be difficult to find her. She must just be moving or something. And so that evening, um, we went and got our taxes done and it was pretty late whenever we got home and I hadn't really felt her move like the entire time we were there. It took a few hours. So whenever we got home, um, I had my boyfriend help me find her heartbeat on the Doppler and I could not find it. Neither one of us could find it. Um, so we rushed to the nearest emergency room. Um, that was that was just a huge ordeal. It's another reason why I don't really care for hospital treatment because mm-hmm. I had to explain my story like to like three or four different nurses before they even got a monitor on me. And so that was very frustrating. I feel like if a mo- mother goes into the hospital for reduced movement, you should just immediately get her on a monitor. Like there's no reason to wait. Yeah. And having to be forced to explain yourself over and over again because the staff isn't sensitive enough to the situation that you're going through to even care to like relay the messages amongst them each other you know like this is your job why why is the mom being put in a situation where she has to explain herself three four different times exactly for you guys to be able to do it like that to where sometimes this sort of sort of stuff happens and they're able to go into emergency c-section and save the baby Um, yeah but they just like take their time like so infuriating some women is very infuriating um and they had no no consent they just were like trying to put an iv in my arm and like (gasps) take my blood and i was like what are you taking my blood for like what is going on oh my and they all just like because i questioned it like me and my boyfriend were this moment perfectly like they just like stared at us like they had no idea how to answer just because i asked them why they were trying to do this so of course like, I refused, and I was like, there's absolutely no reason for this. <laughs> like, they had not even got me on the monitor. They wanted me to change my clothes and all this stuff. I was just so frustrated. 
Yeah, their their procedures just don't it, it doesn't put the the mom or the patient first ever. Yes, it's it puts them first. Their first. convenience is yes. is first. And it just doesn't make sense. You're supposed to be people caring for mother mothers and children. Like and if you're not caring, why are you in that profession? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um so then the they had a doctor come in because she couldn't find the heart rate on the monitor um and so at that point I knew but I was just I was just staying silent and then the doctor came in and he did an ultrasound on my little traveling ultrasound machine and um, there was no heartbeat and so that's what he told us and he showed us her he asked us if we wanted to see her um and I just was I just screamed I was just screaming and the whole time I knew but my boyfriend was really in shock mm. I, men are just like you know he was just like I'm sure everything's okay like really not thinking anything was going to be wrong yeah um, and um so they gave us some time my parents came up and they told me that so that um, is a lot of my testimony. Um, and then, of course, there's more after my daughter's death and, you know, everything. But now this is kind of like where her birth story starts. Um, so she died on March 18th. Um, they told me after telling me that, that she had no heartbeat, that I could either go up to labor and delivery right then and there and be induced or I could go home and come back um, by Monday, which this is Friday night at 12 a.m. All the way to Monday is a lot of days. Um, so I decided to go home because I was just not ready. That was just like a huge shock to me. Yeah. And I didn't, we didn't have anything with us. Um, I had, I was just in shock. So uh, we decided to go home for the night. Um, and at that point, because I was having a home birth, I was planning for a home birth and we had already paid my midwife most of the, the payment. Um, and so she was going to act as my doula in a hospital birth. So I contact, I was still in contact with her. So I contacted both her and my OB at the MFM's office. Um, and my midwife um, asked me some questions. I believed I was leaking water already. Um, but I had no like big um, rupture yet. Um, and I told her I really didn't want to give birth in the hospital because we were, they were still under COVID restrictions. So I would have only been able to have possibly two people in the room. And mm. then hospital rules is no children under two. And my son was just shy of two years old at the time. So I knew that I wanted my whole family to come and be able to meet her. Yeah. Um, so I asked, I actually, I don't even know if I asked my midwife. I think she offered it to me whenever I told her I just really didn't want to do this in a hospital. Um, so she spoke with the other midwife at her birth center and they both agreed that I could come in because um, if my waters had already ruptured, then birth was already probably going to start naturally. Um, I'm sorry. 
Um, and then, um, so my midwife allowed me to come to, into the office. So that was Saturday morning. I went into the office Saturday evening um, into the birth center. Because um, we didn't, we didn't talk about home birth at all, but she just told me I could do it at the birth center. I didn't really ask to do it at home. Um, I just didn't know how I felt about that at the time. Yeah. So I went to the birth center and she actually tested me for my waters breaking and it tested negative, but I was definitely leaking fluid very often. Um, she checked me and I believe I was already at a three or a four centimeters dilated. Um, but I wasn't having any real contractions at all. Um, so she made me um, midwife brew and um, I drank that and that was about midnight. And then my contractions started around 2 a.m. Um, and by 4 a.m. I couldn't sleep through them anymore. Um, so I was at, my whole family was there also. My mom and my dad came and slept on the couch. Um, my boyfriend mm-hmm. was there. Um, my sister and my brother came up that night, um, like before we all went to bed. And then she went back home. She was watching my son. And then um, the next morning before she was born, my boyfriend's sister came and um right after she was born they brought my son up so they were all there um now how were you feeling like as as labor is progressing and you know the contractions are picking up like what's what what's going on in your head and like you know emotionally mentally like where are you I don't at know. it was like a very strange time and I was just talking to my sister-in-law about this it was just like it was kind of just a lot of disassociation mm. and I was very very thankful um that I was able to have the, the home or the birth center birth and not have to have it at a hospital so it was a lot it was very relaxing and my favorite birth out of the two births that I've had um but emotionally it was just I don't like every once in a while I would cry and think about it but once labor was starting to progress it it was kind of hard to think about any of that I do remember like I couldn't really talk to God at all at that point Um, Mm. I had played music and I had planned to have worship music on in the background and I I could not listen to it at all. Was Um, it because you were just like angry or just like... I think at the time I didn't know it was anger, but I was just Mm. confused. Like I was definitely angry afterwards whenever I was able to get a hold of my emotions and what I was thinking because like I said, this was only like 24 hours afterwards so I was I was just really just confused on to why this even happened like yeah nobody had any idea because she was perfectly fine the day before so it there was like praying that she would just come out crying even though yeah. she wasn't going to 
Um, but yeah, emotionally, it was just a lot of disassociation. But it was, we would go through times where people, some people would be crying, and then there would be other times where we're having like a normal conversation and mm. like joking and laughing because like your life is still going. Yeah. Even though this is happening. And like we sat around and they were eating pizza and like we were just talking and it was just, I don't, it was just the weirdest experience because there's not one way that you feel. And I've yeah. that from a lot of lost moms. Wow. Okay. So, so now contractions are picking up and you have your family surrounding you. Um, so what happens now? Um, so I had back labor and labor, just regular contractions from the front. Um, I stood the entire time. I did not, I sat on a, a ball every once in a while in between contractions but my contractions were pretty close together for a very long time <laughs> um for a few hours my labor ended up being um um only six hours so that's not wow. very long um i would say my son was seven so both both pretty equally um i did i forgot to mention i did um two different times as the contractions were slowing down I took cotton root bark tincture to get mm. the contractions back going um those are still quick labors though wow that's amazing yeah very quick and my son was completely unmedicated so and um with both of them my waters didn't break until right as I had them um, um, so at about 9.30, that is when um, I took another drop of the cotton root bark. That was not, so labor started, really started about 4 a.m. And then about 9.30, that's when active labor really hit and I could feel her moving down. Um, and then by 10.55, she was born. So active labor was about an hour and a half and those contractions were like back to back for about an hour and a half I was exhausted because no position felt good except for standing so my legs were so tired and so I was just leaning over the bed during contractions um a lot of swaying to try to get through them um and then so at 10.55, my water broke as she was born. Um, and I think that's when all the emotions hit. Mm. That's whenever it just became very real. Um, because she was actually here. And I, towards the end, I, I wanted it over because of the pain. But then I didn't want it over because I knew that once she came out, it was only a matter of time before basically like I don't get to see her again so that was pretty difficult um oh my goodness um so I did hemorrhage a little bit after um I had her but my midwife um she gave me 
I can't remember what it was called. It's like a little pill that's like makes you contract. Um, so my hemorrhaging, it was not a big hemorrhage. It was just, it was pretty small. Oh, Cytotec. She gave me Cytotec. Mm. She asked me if I wanted it. Um, and I agreed because she just said she was a little bit worried about the hemorrhaging. Um, but my placenta delivered pretty normally and fine. I don't know if maybe because she was stillborn, if that had something to do with the hemorrhaging, because I didn't have that issue with my son. Um, but yeah. Um, wow. So af- immediately after your daughter's born, um, what what's what are you experiencing like how is that because you know it's like after you birth a baby of course that's that was like usually it's like the hardest thing that we've ever experienced you know pain wise and intensity and then you get that relief when you have you know your baby on your chest and it's like okay all the oxytocin is flowing and, and everything kind of is great. So what, what was this experience for you having to birth your daughter, knowing that her spirit is up in heaven with her father? So um, as soon as I gave birth to her, my midwife passed her to me and I just laid on the bed. And immediately, um, we were just crying. Like, the whole room was crying. Um, and everybody but her. And so it's very, it's really weird to have a baby and then not hear them cry at all. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, being, you do have the oxytocin and all those love hormones. Um, so it's also very strange, like, after crying, after the initial few minutes of her being on my chest and us meeting her, um, just look at her and smile because she's so beautiful. Um, and it's just like, it's you still have those feelings of a new mom to be so happy and proud of having um, your baby and getting to meet them for the first time. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Wow. So we had, um, I'm sorry. No, please go. We had um, about four hours with her. Um, because I believe, because I took the Cytotec, my contractions, my after pain contractions were pretty difficult. Um, so that's, it's one thing that I regret, but one thing I'm kind of happy about because I got to bond with her while she was growing inside of me. Um, and as the father, they don't really get to bond with the babies until they're born. Um, yeah. They don't get to have a huge connection. But because of the after pain contractions, I wasn't able to do much with her. Um, so my boyfriend was able to do a lot of the stuff. He got to weigh her. We got to cut her cord and um, give her a bath and get her dressed. And my midwife mm-hmm. and family were helping with that. Um, and we all uh, got to meet her. All my family was in the room. And then um, I'm so thankful for this. And I don't think 
well, many of the women that I know that gave birth in the hospital um, with their stillborn babies, they didn't do this. And my midwife told me, hey, do you want to do skin to skin? So everybody left and I was able to do skin to skin with her. And that was just like really amazing. Wow. That was one of the, the best moments. Because it's feeling your child skin to skin. I know it's still something that I like to do with my son, like to feel his face yeah. on my chest or whatever. And he's three. Um, you just feel like a deeper connection. So that is one of my favorite times with her. Um, and then basically we we're just trying to create memories at that point, knowing that we didn't have that long. So letting everybody hold her, taking pictures. And that was hard for me too, because I wanted everybody to hold her and I wanted her to have I wanted to have all those memories of her in everybody with her yeah but I also didn't want to let anybody else hold her at the same of course time. because you know you only get so long with them and especially because I chose to do it at the birth center some hospitals have things called pedal cots and it is basically a bassinet with a cooling mat so your baby can stay with you full three to four days that you stay in the hospital. So you oh, get wow. time to take pictures and you can have professional photographers play in and things like that. Um, I did take some really good pictures of her, but they were definitely not professional photos. Um, but wow. It's different having a stillborn baby because they have um things going on with their body the same as a normal baby and luckily my best friend no I guess not luckily um it was really God ordained our friendship and she had a stillborn baby eight years ago so she warned a lot about what was going to happen and, and things that you were going to see that's helpful to have someone to who knows who's been there, you know, it's not, I'm, I can only imagine like how hard it would be to be going through that and not having someone who has also gone through that and can like walk with you through it, you know? So that's, I love that God connected you guys for that. Yeah, it was, it was really, really, really helpful to have those to have her there and to help because most women don't know people that have had a stillbirth and which is great they shouldn't <laughs> but um it is helpful to have other women that have gone through it um um yeah so <laughs> so how was your your postpartum after that and and really like what are the things that happened which led to where you are now um so for a while um postpartum she was born on the 20th and then she was buried on the 25th so those days planning her funeral and getting all those arrangements together um that was another part of a time of just like disassociation um and the only moments of like breakthrough that I wasn't a robot was just crying 
Um, my son stayed with my mom most of that time. We would go into their house during the daytime um, to get my mind off of things, but he stayed with her. Um, <clears throat> and then after we had her funeral um, and her service was at our church, which I love because now I go to church all the time and I can, I know that her, even though her spirit was gone, it, it's kind of special to me that her body was in our church. Um, yeah. And um, so after her funeral, is that's when it really started to hit me. So the day of her funeral, or the day before her funeral, so my milk finally came in. And that was really difficult. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I was really excited to breastfeed her. So that was really really hard having my milk come in wow but my son had just stopped nursing about a month before she had passed away so I just wanted to pump and save milk to get a some breast milk jewelry made for her um and then also to give my son and I had planned on wanting to donate my breast milk but um I only lasted pumping about a month and so all of that that I saved up, I just would give to my son slowly because it was really, really difficult. Um, pumping is difficult in and of itself, mm-hmm. but whenever I had issues with pumping, um, <clears throat> I would just get so angry, like so, so angry. It would just trigger me really, really badly because I shouldn't be having to pump. I should have been yeah. feeding my daughter. Um, so it didn't last very long. Um, I wish that I could have done it longer, but that's one of the things you have to deal with in postpartum and birth wise breastfeeding actually helps your hormones to go back to normal. But then whenever it's a stillbirth, it's like, it could be helpful for your hormones, I think, to pump and to donate or just to keep for yourself. But then at the same time, it's triggering emotionally. So oh yeah, it's pretty difficult. But I have heard from different points of view that um, you because you can still get postpartum depression just from the opposite of your depression from your your loss from the hormones. So I have heard that it is helpful for the women that decided to pump versus um just drive their milk that that was almost more hard Mm. um and then I I couldn't talk to God for a while it took me about a month um and when I talked to him it was just me yelling at him yeah just very very angry and then it's like a like a roller coaster grief and the same whenever you are a believer. It's like a roller coaster on your emotions with the Lord. Um, you're questioning everything and you're mad and and then you're guilty and you feel bad that you're even mad at the person that created you. And, and It's really just a roller coaster of emotions, but it was a lot of anger. Um, so that was in March. And then in August, I, that's when I was kind of coming out of the trenches. So about four months postpartum, 
and I had my son, so I had to try to keep it together. Most. Yeah, that's um, hard. And I knew that if I didn't have God, then I would just be so lost and seeing other moms reaction on lost pages and whatnot. The moms that have God in their life and have the comfort of Jesus are are doing so much better than yeah. the ones that just continue to hate him. Um, they, you know, are still really, really, really struggling because they don't have that true comfort. And I learned at that point that if I don't have God, like I don't have anybody. My daughter died. My son could die. Like my boyfriend could die. They, everybody could leave me. Um, and if I don't, if I have God, I have somebody, the best person. And I realized through that, that he was the only thing that mattered. And that was learning through that four month time period after she died. Um, and then, so I decided to make a very public declaration and get baptized. So I got baptized in August hallelujah yes and it was the best experience that I've ever had it's it's literally like you came out of the water like a new person it's your rebirth it is is very very yeah like it's amazing yeah and I always thought like Christians were kind of crazy you know (laughs) Mm-hmm. like how how they talk about how it you literally like I felt like a presence of Jesus there with me and it was just yep it's crazy to believe now after not truly ever being a believer oh yeah it's it's so incredible what he does you know and the way that he transforms us through the storms you know like life as a christian doesn't mean that things get easy at all anything it means that they get more challenging but it's to draw us closer to him and unless you experience it yourself i i feel it's truly impossible to the peace that he can bring us even in the hardest of you know challenges and storms that we walk through in this life yeah i mean you it's it still doesn't make sense to me on some days how how at peace i am with everything and and it's just because of him because there's no other there's no other reason absolutely no other reason yeah Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm so happy that you you have that to to keep you going because yeah, yeah, I, I truly believe that if I if she wouldn't have died, you know, I think that I would have just went back to life like, oh, thank you, Lord, you know, and it just mm-hmm. ended up that. But because she did die, I that's a lot of healing that has to be done, and yeah. a lot of learning of God's goodness through that even through how hard it was and if she if she wouldn't have died I don't know if I would be truly saved 
Mm. So it's almost as like she kind of gave her life for me. That is just so beautiful. Wow. Um, I, I wanted oh, to make goosebumps. It, um, <laughs> I wanted to also mention. Um, I before when I was on the stage walking to go get baptized, I just really felt the need to share my testimony and um, to help others. And I have been. I I love birth everything birth um ever since I got pregnant my son I'm obsessed with birth um and I had looked into being a doula before but um never really made it a priority and whenever I was on stage I felt like God actually told me you need to share your story and you need to help other women and so I went home shortly after that and I shared my testimony on YouTube and I now have like her whole story um, on YouTube and stuff to try to help other women because that's one of the things that helped me was getting onto YouTube and finding other women that had been through that um, was very, very helpful um, yeah. to see how they have progressed and how they have healed because when you're in the thick of it, you don't feel like you're going to heal. Mm-hmm. You feel like that's it's the absolute end of your world um especially to to have your child like die inside of you is like a whole another aspect of the trauma and um so I, I did that and then whenever I got home the night of my the day of my baptism I looked at doula classes which I've done multiple times and the first one that popped up was still birthday um, I don't know if you wow that, that yeah. I haven't, but I'm just like wow. So that's it is crazy, and I I'd never seen it. Like I had been looking into being a doula for over a year, and I'd never seen that website. And that is they basically they are a Christian based company, but they um, focus on helping women get through miscarriages and stillbirths and uh, loss of children um, and different ailments and um, conditions that children have and um, adoption and stuff like that. So that's what that doula program focuses on. Um, So I started that and I enrolled in that. And then I also enrolled in an herb class because I just thought that the way that my midwife was able to induce me and keep my contractions going I just thought that was so cool that it was just natural things yeah nothing nothing medicinal at all and so God led me to both of those classes kind of using my birth of Maggie to those things I love that so much I really just that's that's awesome so are you a doula now um so I am like half certified right now. Um, I'm not in Texas. I don't know if anywhere. Um, you don't actually have to have a license, but I don't feel comfortable <laughs> without having certification. Yeah, you don't need women. you don't need one. It's but kind of just like for show, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's it's not a regulated um no industry right now, but you're because on the you're, path. You're a support person. You're not. 
um, yeah supposed to be doing anything medical which is what um, i love about being yeah. a doula by the way it's awesome yeah. because we don't have the license that keeps us forced into you know the medical system yeah. and and following those guidelines created by people that aren't centering women in birth so in my opinion a a huge plus that you know hopefully stays that way but um yeah I love I love that about being a doula um so you are on the path to becoming a doula and so where are you now as far as because I, I know that I saw you on a, so the way I met Haley, by the way, was on a Facebook group for unassisted birthing, specifically for Christian women. Um, so do you want to tell us about where you are now and um, and what led you to sort of share on the page Yes, so um, I now, um, uh, my daughter turned one in March, and I am now um, almost nine weeks pregnant. Tomorrow I'll be nine weeks pregnant with our rainbow baby. Um, (laughs) So I'm seeing the same midwife and planning for a home birth again. Hopefully everything goes smoothly. I am on progesterone um, because my progesterone was dropping in the beginning, which is another kind of God thing because I've never seen purpose as to why I had my topic pregnancy. And through this, God kind of showed me the purpose of that baby um, because if I wouldn't have an ectopic, I wouldn't have been having my bloods checked regularly. Mm. Um, so I could have lost this baby if I would not have had the atopic pregnancy, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. Um, there are, um, so we had our first ultrasound yesterday and everything was great. Just at my midwife's office. So she's not a certified technician and I don't want to do internal exams right now at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they have more risk so trying to stay away from those yeah um, but the baby had a beating heart and a growing right on time so everything is going good now thank god literally thank god yeah that's incredible so how are you so how are you now be, because this is pregnancy after two losses and i can only imagine you know the challenges that you faced leading up to where you are today and so where are you as far as like being a pregnant mama again like how are you in your walk with God and in your faith for this pregnancy um if you can sort of just walk us through that um with Maggie um in the very beginning, I was extremely anxious, very, very, very scared, terrified. Um, I had three ultrasounds before before seven or eight weeks. I had I already had three ultrasounds. 
no. just because I was so scared of having an ectopic pregnancy. Um, and then there, God has really been leading me to um, give everything over to him. And there's been times um, where I am obsessing over, in the beginning, uh, after losing Maggie, obsessing over finding out why she died. Like, just spending my whole, my whole days, days of just researching. And mm. it would kind of send me into a spiral. And a spiral of anxiety and fear and guilt. And I really, there was something really crazy that happened. Um, I was reading a devotional and it really spoke out to me. And um, it had, it had the scripture, God is an empire, she will not fall, Psalm 46, 5. Oh, wait, I, I can't really hear you that well. It sounds like you're um, a little far from. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So um, I, I have a baby loss devotional um, and I was reading a, um, a passage out of there because I was going through one of those spirals and I said, let me just put this down and go read the devotional. Mm -hmm. And God showed me the scripture in that passage. And it was Psalm 46, five, God is within her. She will not fall. Wow. And, um, that evening, um, I was downstairs talking to my mom in her car and our neighbor came by and she's like, Oh, let me show y'all my cup that I just got. And it was that scripture <gasps> on the cup. I love it. And it was just like, my mom had to give me something for my son. Like it was just a quick exchange and it was just the craziest story that that happened. And I went upstairs and I was telling my boyfriend, like you will not believe this story that just happened. And she ended up coming over and I told her about the story and she didn't, she wasn't really aware of um, Maggie and what happened to her. And she told me she had a similar experience and we were able to connect and oh, wow. she like really, really helped me to know that Maggie was in the right place and that she was happy and she would not want to be anywhere but heaven. And she's there now and she would never want to come back because heaven is just way better like, than here. Way, way better than here. <laughs> yeah, she lucked out. Seriously. She got the better end of the stick. <laughs> oh man none of, the, none of the heartache that she had to go through so that kind of um led me to really trying to work on giving it to god and i started praying away um the enemy's use of fear and anxiety in me um mm. and i really have been working on that in the last like six months and so anytime I have any anxiety, which has been very, very rare, this pregnancy, um, like I, with my daughter's death, um, just a undescribable piece. Like it doesn't make any mm. sense. I should be yeah. more worried, but I just feel in my heart that everything is going to be okay. And if I get those doubts and fears, like the day that I got my progesterone results back and they were dropping, I panicked, um, mm -hmm. but I, I prayed away 
the devil's attacks and asked God to protect me and give me peace. And I was okay. And it just truly doesn't make any sense that. Yeah. It's unexplainable. Yeah. It just, because nobody, nobody would have this amount of peace if they didn't have the Lord after going through two losses. Um, and yeah. that's not to say like, maybe my, maybe my fears will get worse later on. I don't know. Cause I'm still so early on and I lost her at 33 weeks. Um, but right now it's okay. But I did go through kind of a disassociation phase whenever I found out my numbers were dropping before I got that next blood draw level and saying they had went back up. I kind of just disassociated from the baby. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, our response when we're in fear, but yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because the Lord will put us in situations like that where it's like you, you could start to lose it and, and, and be in fear and have anxiety, or you can just trust that I'm going to work it out. And then he works it out. And then we're like, Oh, wow, Lord thank you. Like next time I'm going to have more faith. And, you know, I feel like he, you know, all of those things that we experience are so intentional and like nothing is a coincidence or, or without some sort of purpose. And, um, and I just love to hear that, you know, he, he's giving you this, this peace because yeah, there's, really nothing that our fear is gonna resolve you know it's kind of that like we have to surrender like this is what this is what birth is this is what being a woman is we go through these things and it's like yeah I'd rather walk through the the storms and and the valleys with the Lord than to do it by myself and yeah, the other side might still be scary, but at least I have the Lord on my side and I'm not by myself. And yes. and that's the, you know, the hope that we can carry with us through these difficult times. And just to hear how he's been working through you, through the losses and, and through this pregnancy, it's just, it's really just warms my heart and it and it gives me all the feels because this is life you know and life is hard and doing it without god is is even harder exactly it's almost impossible to do this life without god everybody's going to go through something that's going to feel like it is the end of the world and if you don't have god to walk through it with you you're just alone yeah it's a lot of responsibility to take on um and um and and for for lost moms um you know that nobody can nobody can understand through besides like people that have lost children and god is one of those he loses children every single day and that's Oof. one of the things that brought me so close to him. I mean, he gave his only son and then daily loses children. Daily. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. That just hit me. Wow. 
And that, that grew my connection with God a lot. Cause I was just like, wow, if he can go through that every single day, imagine the strength that he has to help us go through those things. Yeah. <gasps> wow. That's so powerful. Whew. Haley, it was incredible having you on here. Seriously, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I would love to have you back on here after you have your, your beautiful baby. God willing, everything goes the way that you are planning for it. And I know it's going to be incredible. And and yeah, is there anything that you want to end with? Or I know you just gave a message to the moms who have dealt with loss, but if there's anything else that you want to add. Um, I would really um, like to just say a little bit on why she died and things to prevent this from happening to other moms. Mm. Um, I now know that she uh, passed away from a small placenta. Um, it is not very well known or talked about. There is one doctor that is trying very hard and a team um, on measurethe-placenta.org that is trying to get the ACOG to recognize this. Um, the placenta is not measured in any anatomy scan ever. Um, he created a measurement that takes 30 seconds. It's three short measurements and you just input the data into an app on your phone. Um, and it could save a life. As we know, like the placenta is the organ that supports the child's life. Um, so why are we not looking at it? Wow. Um, type of thing. So her placenta was in the 0.021%. Oh, so wow. less than 1%. And she was perfectly normal size um, for 33 weeks. Um, so there was no IUGR for them to know to look at the placenta. Um, that's the only reason they would look at placenta for insufficiency. Um, but she was growing perfectly fine. And that's whenever we see the most late term stillbirths. Um, wow. Yes, that... so measurethaplacenta.org has a lot of information on there. Um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Um, and then um, also um, count the kicks. Counting your kicks is very, very important. Um, as you get later on into pregnancy, around 26 weeks, um, you should download the Count the Kicks app. It helps you to learn the, your baby's pattern. 10 kicks in an hour means nothing. Um, that's what most people are told. Oh, if your baby kicks 10 times, that's fine. Um, and doctors will tell you, go drink juice and see if that wakes them up. That's not a good indication on if your baby is doing okay or not. Um, and it's any difference in movement, not just reduced. So the day before she passed away was one of the first days my um, boyfriend was able to feel her on the outside. Um, because I had an anterior placenta and I just thought she was getting stronger, mm -hmm. but it was a sign of distress. So oh, if wow. your baby has movement that is outside of its normal, that is why count the kicks is good because it allows you to learn your baby's normal, um, to go in immediately and get checked out. Um, 
even if the nurses don't treat you well and they might think you're crazy, it truly doesn't matter. It can mean your baby's life. And there are many mothers that have went in for reduced movement and their baby was saved through a C-section or a monitored planned induction. Um, usually C-section when it's that much of an emergency. Um, mm-hmm. But go in and please research measure the placenta. We need to get that out. It should be part of every anatomy scan, I believe. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look into that myself because I have not heard of this before and it's very valuable information. I looked at through a pathologist and she mentioned nothing about small placenta. She said possibly a cord accident um, and she didn't say anything about placenta being small. And I actually had a meeting with her. Um, So it's not very well known, but like I said, there is the one doctor, Dr. Harvey Kleinman, that is really trying to push the research out there and to get more doctors to do placenta volume testing. Wow. Well, thank you it for walking the number one through that. Cause. Is it? I was, yes. that was actually something I was thinking in my head. I'm like, is this a common cause? Um, and it's been, I don't know, you know, how you feel about putting this in there, but it is been happening more since COVID. Um, oh, wow. I actually had COVID whenever I conceived her. And more data has just come out, more studies that everything that was wrong with her placenta, COVID affects. So I was one of those person, those people that um, I still don't think it's that serious. Um, it's like kind of a cold, but it, it does get more serious for pregnancy. For pregnant women, yeah. It's affecting the placenta. So for some reason, it's affecting the placenta. We're not really sure why. Um, wow. Very interesting information that I, I really just have, have not heard of. So thank you so much yeah. for sharing that with us. Um, wow. Thank you again, Haley. This has been so great. And I'm so excited for you on this, this journey that you're on and, and your doula journey too. We have to have you back on here one day to talk about some doula stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I'm super excited to become a doula and help other women and, um, uh, through all, all stages of motherhood. So yeah, I know the Lord is going to use you for just such amazing things. So I can't wait to see it. <laughs> and I hope to come back on here in um, like 30, 32 weeks. <laughs> yes. Tell you about my amazing home birth story. Yes, girl. I cannot wait. I'm going to be very tuned in to your story for sure. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You're welcome, Haley. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Birth and Rebirth podcast. Make sure to keep up with us on Instagram at the Birth and Rebirth podcast so you never miss an episode. And check out our personal pages for our birth services and offerings. We'll be back next week with another juicy conversation, inspiring birth story, or testimony of God's goodness. Bye, y'all.